0: Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up. Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. It's probably going to piss some people off. I'm going to talk about the stupid abortion case that came out that everybody cares about. And I guarantee you, my take on it is nothing like anything you've heard out there that's running around in a ridiculous constitutional conservative portion of the media. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. And I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth, like I do in this show, about this ridiculous abortion decision. And I'm also self-certified as a master practitioner. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago. And I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for making all these great podcasts. All right, let's go ahead and stop fooling around and get going on the show. So I want to make a show about, kind of, at least partially about the Dobbs decision with regards to abortion, since everybody seems to be interested in it. And my take is not going to delve down into the details of the decision. I'm going to try to give people an idea of why that kind of analysis is a complete and total waste of time. And that is because the fundamental narrative and construct within which it's all done is utter bullshit. And I need to show people that because when you understand that, then you understand why getting into the details don't matter. If I put you into a box and and have you fight it out inside that box, and that box doesn't actually have any of the answers in it. If the answers are outside the box, it doesn't matter how elaborate your arguments are inside the box. They're never going to be correct. And I try to emphasize this all the time with people, that the fundamental construct people are given about government, the Constitution, the way it supposedly works, none of them are true. See, they're all just utter bullshit, and they're never, ever going to work. And even though I agree that Abortion is absolutely not a so-called constitutional right protected by the Constitution that states can't infringe, blah, blah, blah. I've mentioned it many times. It makes no sense. It was illegal in all the states. It's not a constitutional right. So I agree that the decision is ultimately generally correct, but for all the wrong reasons. And the reason I think decisions like this are so harmful And the reason I say justices like the ones who are up there agreeing to this 6-3 decision are all traitors is because they don't tell people the truth, the kind of truth I tell you in my show and I'm going to tell you in this episode. Look, no right. It doesn't matter what it is. can ever be lost to a vote. That's idiotic. That makes no sense. It doesn't matter if it's a vote in, in an election. It doesn't matter if it's a vote on a court. It doesn't matter if it's a vote to amend the Constitution. You can't lose actual rights to the government. The government has no authority to take your rights. That's all. It's not empowered to take your rights. And it's very easy to prove this. If the system we're given that we're told exists with the stupid amendment process and what the Constitution supposedly is and how we're all supposedly bound to it, well then at any time Two-thirds of the people can simply get together and amend the Constitution to enslave any minority they want. There'd be 100% constitutional. There'd be nothing the Supreme Court could do about it. Nothing at all. You'd have absolutely no protection. So you have no protection at all against that. So... All these people who run around telling you the Constitution protects minority rights. It's not true. It doesn't protect minority rights. I just showed you that the structure you're told exists would allow that at any time the Constitution can simply be amended to take any right they want from any group of people they want if they can just get enough votes for it. (laughs) That's it. And this idea that it has to have equal protection, well, we just overwrote it. We just repealed that portion. We specifically override it for the purposes of this new amendment. There's nothing that prevents that. See, the structure doesn't work. It doesn't do what people are told because none of it's true. See, none of it's true. The Supreme Court has no authority whatsoever to take anybody's rights, and certainly not the rights of everybody, through a single decision. I've told you again and again, the Supreme Court, a decision of the Supreme Court, that doesn't affect everybody. Sure, they can strike a law down if it's supposedly taking rights away from somebody. Of course they could. If it's taking rights, in other words, they can, they can make sure you get rights. Of course. But nobody would ever empower a court to be able to take your rights. doesn't make any sense. The purpose of the courts is to make sure that individuals' rights are protected. Thus, if the state infringes on your right, Then the court could come in and say, no, the state tried to infringe, and that law is not constitutional. That law is not valid. And they could override it. In your case, of course they could. Now, can they turn around and say that, well, we believe that they can take your rights in this particular case? No, they don't have any authority to do anything of that sort. They can say that it's not taking your rights. They could come up with that kind of argument. Sure. But ultimately, all these things just come down to the fact that trying to have a so-called single law that involves all these different moving parts with due process and rights and fundamental rights and all this made-up shit, that's not part of the Constitution. If you look in the Constitution, you can see what the federal government's empowered to do. And there's nothing in there about taking people's rights, nothing at all. They're not empowered to do that. And that's why the Anti-Federalists were correct when they said that by adding in these Bill of Rights, which supposedly says what the government can't do, it's 100% surplusage, which is just a fancy way of saying in the law, it's unnecessary language. To say that the government shall not infringe, can make no law abridging, all these different things. That just gives the impression that the government could do it in other circumstances, except for the fact they're being limited by these amendments. They're not really limited by the amendments. They're limited by the language, the enabling language in the Constitution, and there is no enabling language in the Constitution that would allow the federal government to make a law outlawing abortion. And nothing about the 14th Amendment, which is, again, another thing that this Dobbs' opinion leans on makes any sense, putting aside the fact that it was not ever properly ratified. It's not even close. I did a show on it a couple of years ago. It's not a close call. Anybody looks into it. But what has been determined is that it's a political question in effect now, and therefore the court won't touch it. So, again, the court provides absolutely no protection. But let's look at the 14th Amendment, and I'm just going to give you some of the language and show you how once you allow this construct we have, which is that there's a case and there's a court ruling and that the government tells us what the law says and the government tells us whether or not the law is okay. Once you get into that, once you get away from jury trials, which I've been doing that series on, that allows the people themselves to rule on regards to what the law is and what the facts are and the evidence and everything else. Once you take it out of those hands and you put it in the hands of government, this is what you get and this is why the government does it like this so they can control it all. But let's look at the 14th Amendment and just forget the fact that it was never even properly ratified. I'm going to give it to you, and you can see that there's absolutely no way to have any idea what this means and that any interpretation at all is basically possible. So let's look at it. It says, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Why do we need that? What does that mean? Is that not about slaves? What does it mean to be a citizen of the United States and a citizen of the state? What is a citizen of the state? What rights does that carry? See, all these are very technical terms of art, subject to the jurisdiction thereof. What does that mean? Again, it's a, it's a term of art. But, of course, every term of art just simply gets lost in the shuffle. So the very first sentence of the paragraph is one that already adds just a tremendous amount of ambiguity and potential confusion and intentional misconstruction of everything that follows. But then let's look at the next sentence. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. See, not privileges and immunities of the state, but citizens of the United States. So what are privileges and immunities of the United States as opposed to of the state itself that you live in? What are they? Again, it doesn't make any sense. What is it? It could be anything, again, a very technical term of art, which doesn't actually ever apply to any of the cases that they claim under the 14th Amendment. But if you just read this law, right, but this holy law, they can't make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States. Why can't that simply be read by any liberal judge they want to say that no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privilege of the citizens of the United States? They could say anything's a privilege of the United States. They can say anything is, and therefore the states wouldn't have any authority to pass any kinds of laws or to enforce them. Why can't they interpret it like that? They can interpret it like that. Nothing stops them from using this amendment to simply say that. It's 100% supported by this very specific language I just read you. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. If I simply define privileges to mean this certain thing, well, no state can pass or enforce a law which would abridge it. (laughs) It could be anything. They could just say that's a privilege of the citizens of the United States. States don't have any authority to uh, regulate that. They can't pass laws or enforce it. Do you see that? You see how fucking stupid this is? Do you see how if you want to play these kinds of word games, that once you start playing these kinds of absurd word games, once you try to write stuff down and be very specific about it, it doesn't make any difference. Anybody, anybody who's a reasonably bright lawyer, can make any kind of argument they want. I just showed you there's a way to read the 14th Amendment that basically just says states wouldn't have any authority to pass any kind of laws or enforce any kind of laws because they could just expand out privileges and immunities of the citizens of the United States to be as broad as they've expanded out the idea of interstate commerce. <laughs> is interstate commerce not a privilege of a citizen of the United States? Of course it is. Well, then the states don't have any authority to pass or enforce any laws that abridge those privileges. Well, all their state laws do. So there you go. The states don't have any authority. You think this is what people agreed to with the 14th Amendment? No. And this is why the whole idea of getting into the idea of what people agreed to, all of it's thrown out. You can just say anything. Let's look at the second half of that sentence, which of course is a due process clause portion that they always state they always cite and all these different things, and this entire opinion rests upon this supposed interpretation of this horse shit. Let's look at it. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Okay, what does that mean? Look how Look how insanely broad that is nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Okay. So they can deny you life, liberty, or property with due process of law. So what does that mean? It means the state can deprive you of life, liberty, and property with due process of law. Okay. Well, it can do that. But the sentence right before it said that no state can make or enforce any law that abridges privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. So look at this impossibly complicated thing that has to be unwound. Think of all the different ways this can be interpreted. Well, what is liberty involve? This is the basis for row to begin with, this idea of some privacy right. Does anything about anything I've read to you have anything to do with privacy rights, fundamental rights, anything else? No, it's not even in here. Those words aren't even in here. And yet that's what the entire opinion goes on and on and discusses. The history of whether it was a long-standing right or a fundamental right, The, the words don't even appear in the amendment that they're supposedly analyzed. This is how far removed they get from any possible rational explanation. They just dream up these types of things, three-prong test, two-prong test this, multi-part this, and an analysis this, and then that becomes so-called law through what they call stare decisis. And then the next court has to interpret it. That's the reason this opinion has to look at Roe and use the analysis and show that it doesn't fit and show how 14th Amendment analysis is this or that. Well, we're reading the 14th Amendment. There's nothing in there about fundamental rights. Nothing. It's just a made-up thing. So even to find emanations from penumbras, which was the Roe language about fundamental rights. Fundamental rights is not in the 14th Amendment, so it can't possibly be protected by it. It says no state can deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. But they can if they have due process of law. The words due process of law, what does it even mean? What does that mean? Does that mean if they just pass a law? Most of the time, if the government wants it to, that's all you have to get. You have to get a right to due process, which is totally and completely undefined. Normally, it just simply means that they've written a law and followed the correct process of that and then jumped through those hoops and took your rights. That's normally enough, unless they don't want it to be, in which case they find that it wasn't due process or they find that somehow there's this other fundamental right that can't be taken. It's got a higher standard. Again, totally made up, makes absolutely no sense, is not in the language. Let's look at the last part. Nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Okay, so again, you've got jurisdictions that are flipping back and forth, which is the United States and its jurisdiction, state's jurisdiction, citizenship within the United States, citizenship within the state, privileges and immunities of the citizens of the United States rights to life, liberty, or property without due process within the state itself and equal protection of the laws within the state's jurisdiction. (laughs) You've got all these different moving parts. It's utterly and completely impossible to ever read this amendment to have something that could be something that people agree to. And that's why it was never actually ratified by the people in the states because this it doesn't make sense. It can be anything. And it, the people were fearful that the federal government would use and abuse this thing to take over all sorts of stuff, which is exactly what it's done. This is how it jams down everybody's throats. All sorts of things. Title IX and every one of these trans laws and all this shit. This all comes from the 14th Amendment. See, it all comes from it. But now you're looking at the actual language of the 14th Amendment. It's nothing, not in there. See, it's not in there. And so you get an an argument like you have in this Dobbs case and people run around and act like the Constitution has now been restored or some shit. The Constitution isn't restored in any form or fashion because no one knows what it even means. And this is on top of the fact that the idea that you could just get an amendment passed, I just showed you. It doesn't mean shit. It doesn't protect anything. If you can get an amendment, can they do anything? Can they just get a constitutional amendment that just says that Black women can be held as slaves and killed at any time? Can they have that? Can they have an amendment that just says that anyone of Asian descent can be held as a prisoner in your home at any time and kept as a slave? (laughs) Can they? According to the so-called interpretation we're given of how the structure of this fantastic freedom machine is, Yes, that'd be completely fine. Basically, anything you can get two-thirds of the people to agree to in three-quarters of the states, you can pass. You could get two-thirds of the people in three-quarters of the states to make the other quarter of the states into an entire slave colony. There's nothing that prevents that, nothing. That's why it's so ridiculous. And for the people to run around and act like the Supreme Court has somehow solved it now and brought us back to rationality, give me a break. This is the same court that approved, upheld, forced jabs on you back in the early turn of the 20th century. It upheld forced sterilization. It has upheld conscription. There's nothing in the Constitution that gives the federal government the right to draft anybody. Yet, they somehow found these rights. It's upheld all of this ability to have all this secret shit kept from the people. There's not one single thing in the Constitution that says anything about the government being able to keep secrets from the people. Nothing. So, the idea that we can have this hodgepodge of bullshit, and that people think we're going to have to wade through these decisions and look at all the different explanations, they're shit. See, they're total shit because the very idea that we're supposed to analyze this under the so-called 14th Amendment, the people, when they passed the 14th Amendment, the very few people who even voted for it, under no circumstances were voting for what the government has used it to do, which is to shove all this different miscellaneous civil rights crap, trans crap, down everybody's throats. (laughs) If the 14th Amendment If it said anything, even remotely like what they claim with this trans shit and the the fucking abortion stuff they've said and all the different crazy shit they've said, there would have been absolutely no reason in the world why you would need to give women suffrage. Why would you need a constitutional amendment for that? Doesn't the 14th Amendment cover it? Is that not a fundamental right? Is voting not a fundamental right? We're we're told it's the most important fucking thing in the world, but it wasn't covered by the 14th Amendment. Why? Why do you need a separate amendment in order to give women the right to vote? How can states deny them the right to vote once the 14th Amendment's passed? How? Is that not a privilege and immunity of citizens of the United States? (laughs) Are they not denying this person life, liberty, and property? Is this not the holy right to vote? How could you ever need an amendment to allow suffrage when you have the 14th Amendment the way the court pretends it's supposed to be interpreted? See, it doesn't make any fundamental sense. Under no circumstances can the 14th Amendment be what they claim and you also have to have an amendment to allow women to vote, to give them that so-called right. It's not possible to have them both, but they do have them both. So they do have them both, and people run around and pretend that the system somehow is consistent, makes sense that this is originalist, and these guys are going back and getting in touch with the foundations and all this other shit. It's all so made up. It's so extended out from any possible reality, any possible connection to reality, that it's absurd to talk about. It. And that's why I don't get into in-depth discussions of opinions like this. Not only is nobody going to read whatever it is, it's 80 pages or something, the main one, you've got all these concurring opinions, which means you have to look and try to figure out which parts of them do concur. They concur in your reasoning, but not. you got to read the dissents. It's pointless, people. If people can't understand arguments as simple as I make here, when we just simply read the amendment itself, And then show you that that amendment, which supposedly covers all these fundamental rights of privacy and all this other shit, but doesn't cover the fundamental right of voting for women? How? How is that possible? (laughs) It's not. See, it's not because the narrative, the... Box you've been put in with regards to constitutional interpretation and what the Constitution has any authority to do and what the states have any authority to do and what voting is and what the Supreme Court is. All of it's utter shit. See, all of it's utter shit. And as long as you stay in that system, as long as you imagine that you're going to argue with them and... within that system, you're going to lose every time because the way that system is set up is now. What does this Dobbs opinion do? It reinforces the concept that we are all subject to the Supreme Court. Whatever it says, everyone's bound to it. All right, Whatever it says. it found a right, then it takes the right away. Well, how? I don't understand. Did they amend the Constitution? No, they just decided that the opinion was poorly founded. Okay. Well, why can't I just now say well this opinion's poorly founded so I'm going to go back and use the row which I like better? Why? Well because 6 to 3 they voted. What does that mean? I don't understand. How can a how can such a slim number of people who are disagreeing possibly alter fundamental rights? See, none of it makes any sense people. None of it Not one tiny bit of it is about freedom or liberty or protecting individuals or the we're a republic, not a democracy, and all the stupid shit you hear on constitutional talk radio. It's all utter nonsense if you just examine it. There is no possible way that the 14th Amendment protects fundamental rights and rights of privacy, which I've already showed you isn't even language that appears in there. And even if it did appear, it's impossible that it can protect them. And then you would also require a constitutional amendment to make sure that women can vote. See, all it would have taken was a lawsuit that just said, oh, they're violating my fundamental rights of women by not allowing them. But no one even considered it. No one's even thought of it. You've probably never even heard of this argument until right now when I told it to you. It's probably the first time you've ever even heard such a blatant contradiction pointed out to you. Right? Probably is, right? That just shows you what poor analysis the constitutional conservatives do because all they are is cover-up artists. They are controlled opposition to keep you within a box where you will lose. Because now, whatever the Supreme Court says, we have to do. You don't like it, then you have to go and get enough people on the Supreme Court to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, same thing in your states. Oh, okay, so you don't like the law there where you have to get enough people, hundreds, thousands, millions of people, to change their mind about what you can do and what you can't do, as opposed to the way it's supposed to work, which I've explained to people again and again and again, that the juries themselves... They are the constant referendum, daily referendums down at the courthouse on what the people can and can't do and what's permitted and not permitted. That's all. And the simple reality is on abortion, there is no agreement. The country's split. I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know. I think there's probably more people against it than in favor of it. Okay, whatever it is, it's not even remotely like agreement. So you're never going to be able to enforce criminal laws for abortion. You're not going to if you have real juries. Okay? Just like you're not going to be able to ban abortions, you're not going to be able to enforce abortions, you're not going to be able to do anything with abortions because there's no damn agreement by the people. But the way they present this opinion reinforces the concept that the 14th Amendment is legitimate, which it's not. That the Supreme Court is the law of the land, which it's not. That states somehow can just issue opinions and orders and laws and everyone has to follow it that's not the case, that somehow there's a distinction made and that the 14th Amendment has all this elaborate language and we have to look at all this previous precedent. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution that says anything about stare decisis. Nothing. There's nothing in Article 3 that says anything about the idea that one opinion is binding on the court in the next opinion. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. And so all this stuff about stare decisis and precedent, all made up. See, it's all totally and completely made up. And when you understand how fundamentally untrue the narrative is that you're put in with regards to wanting to analyze these cases, then you understand why it is that I don't bother wasting my time breaking these things down. The same reason I'm not going to break down the so-called gun rights case. It's another joke of a case. But you can see in this abortion case, which so many people care about, put aside the fact that it didn't do anything except for throw it back to the states. Okay, but All that, like I said in the beginning, I generally agree with the outcome. This has nothing to do with the federal court. Nothing whatsoever. It's just all the analysis about why is what's so wrong and does so much damage because it lays the groundwork for all the rest of the mischief that the court does all the time while keeping people inside the box of this fake analysis. And that's the important thing to take away is that you need to start understanding the structure that you're put in and stop arguing with people and stop falling for the analysis they want to drag you into these details. Have you drag you out to the forest and shove your face up against a tree and make you look at one little piece of bark and say, Look at that. See that? That's mold on that piece of bark. Well, dude, I was here to analyze the forest you've got me staring, face, nose, jammed up against a tree, looking at a little bit of moss on one piece of bark. This is idiotic. That's what they do. See, they distract everybody. They keep everybody fundamentally confused about all the different errors and shit they've done. I think I've more than made my case that everything about this analysis – From the 14th Amendment to the consistency of the court, to rights, to the language in the amendment, to the total and complete contradiction of the amendments themselves, everything in there makes no sense if you want to try to have this so-called holy document that's a freedom machine. It's not. It's just a big old mishmash of nonsense that's a control system. That's all it is. And once you understand that's all it is, and there are all these different opinions, they don't help you. They don't help you. Because the thing that would help us is to tell the truth, like I just told you. If a justice ever stood up and said that, I would say, now the guy's telling the truth. Of course, he'd get scalia But I'm saying, if they had integrity, that's what they would do. But they don't. See, they don't. They stay inside this fake box that many of them are plenty intelligent enough to figure out. But they continue the scam on the people. That's all. They continue the scam on the people. To me, the liberal judges are actually a lot more honest and consistent. Because they make it clear that they don't really give a shit what the words are. They're going to do whatever they like. It's just a way to handle public policy. Of course, they have absolutely no authority to do any of that. But I'm just saying strictly from an honesty, integrity point of view, they have more than the conservative judges, in my opinion. Because conservative judges pretend to be doing something that they're in fact not doing. Which is going back to the original intent looking at the thing, using so-called logic, constructing these arguments that so-called make sense and that none of them make sense. And they don't tell you any of the fundamentals I just told you about Sorry, decisis being made up, the fact that the court themselves doesn't get the entitled to tell us what the law of the land is, the 14th Amendment has all these different issues, the contradiction of the, the amendments themselves, all these different contradictions and ambiguities in the wording in the 14th Amendment and pretending as though there's fundamental rights are covered by it, all these different things. They don't say anything about them. They just argue within this narrative. And their arguments are clearly more clever and sound better, and I do believe that the conservative justices like Thomas and Alito, guys like that, I think are actually smarter than the real dumbasses like Sotomayor and Kagan. I think those are just truly dumb people. I don't think ACB, a- Amy Coney Barrett, I don't think she's all that bright. I- I've read some of her stuff. It's She's affirmative action, just like the other women on there. It's all shit. Now, someone like uh, Chief Justice Roberts, he's just an idiot, uh, too. He's just a Another affirmative action guy, because he's a white guy, pushed along. It was all, all of these things are just bullshit. But I do think that the liberal judges are more honest because they're so openly absurd in their analysis, they don't even pretend anything. It's so ridiculous, right? Conservative judges, their stuff's all hidden. All the different stuff I've told you, you're never going to hear any constitutional conservatives in media discuss all the problems with the constitutional conservative position I've just told you, none. So that's the reality. These constitutional conservatives and media, they're our biggest enemy. They're our biggest traitors because they make sure that people never catch on to the actual game being played. Never. And they intentionally drive them into ditches. And then when they show up at my Twitter, uh, they're all totally convinced they know what's going on when they repeat these talking points. No different than liberals go out and repeat talking points. They just repeat these talking points from constitutional conservatives they've heard. And they have no idea what they're talking about. and The shit makes no sense. But hopefully you've been armed now with enough information to understand where this opinion really comes from and what its real purpose is. It just keeps the people fighting now. Now it'll become another election topic. They can stir interest up. They're talking about women being killed and women dying and blah, blah, blah. They can keep everybody divided a million different ways now. And, you know, maybe they'll flip back, but apparently your rights can just appear and disappear and reappear. (laughs) The whim of a few people voting on a court. It's just idiotic. That's not a right. And I showed you that with the slavery argument. You can just pass anything you want it into a constitutional amendment. Take any rights they want from any minority they want. <laughs> they can do it. They can say Alabama's a penal colony. If you get the rest of the states, be constitutional. <laughs> There's nothing that stops them. <laughs> it's just so silly. So ridiculous when you look at it. So ridiculous. Credible people still fall for it. Like I said, I blame that on constitutional conservatives who simply don't pelt, tell people the truth. So so that's it. That's my show, so-called, on uh, the Dobbs opinion, abortion. <laughs> it's not like anyone else's opinion you're ever going to hear out there. It's just not. So if it pisses you off, so what? I don't care. And for people who understand what I just told them, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. For people who already understood it, Good. It's good to have you aboard. We need more right-thinking people who can see through the maze. And if you want to, you can follow me. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review on Twitter. And I tweet about this kind of stuff. And when I tweet about this kind of stuff, most of the time people don't care. It gets very, very little action compared to the kind of, you know, charge people up type of uh, tweets you can put out there. But you can follow me. And if you want to come there and try to tell me about the stupid constitution and and tow the company line at constitutional conservatives, don't bother. I was a constitutional conservative for decades. I believed all that same shit, and then I figured the scam out, period. So I just don't tolerate it. I just don't. It's because it's a waste of everybody's time for me to spend time re-explaining to people whose minds are closed. I make the podcast for a reason. People can go learn about it. If they don't want to bother, then they don't bother. That's fine. Their mind's closed. I'm not going to have an individual argument with anybody on Twitter. It's pointless. For the most part, I just block people who start getting arrogant and acting like I don't know what I'm talking about because their mind's so closed, I don't care to engage with them. And as far as the movie goes, there's no update. It's coming out this fall, Jones Plantation. I play Mr. Jones. We went and shot the pickup scenes last weekend and I think they came out great and I'm really looking forward to seeing the movie I hope when it comes out people support it buy it make that movie make a lot of money so that we can make more movies like that that's the reality and I want to thank those people who are in Patreon who support my show financially I really do I really appreciate that because I work in a black box it's very difficult to know what impact I have but when people step up and actually have the integrity to pay for my time then I know that they actually appreciate it because that's what the free market is supposed to be about. I'm not here just to do shit for everybody. I've made hundreds of shows. That's that's plenty of public service, you know. And I take a lot of grief for it. I take a lot of chances. And so the people in Patreon, they have a lot of integrity, and I really do appreciate them. I really do. So, and beyond that, I don't know what else there is to say. I think I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Legal Thanks so much. to service on the way out. More quash. More quash.